Veteran, veteran, veteran. Gamers, gamers. Veteran, veteran, veteran. Gamers, gamers. The veteran gamers interview. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Veteran Gamers Interview. Tonight with me I've got Silver Dollar Games, so would you like to say hello? This is John, hello. <laughs> this is Dave. What I always start off with, a little bit of an icebreaker type question, I ask every developer that we have on, but what's your favourite biscuit or cookie? Pirates. Pirates, what's that? It's a peanut butter cookie like an Oreo. So it's got like cream inside it, has it? Yeah, only it's peanut butter. So do you, do you dip that in milk as well? Like you're, you're not... I guess you'll have to Google it. You'll see. It's like an <laughs> Oreo. With, it's, like a, it's like a peanut butter Oreo. It's probably the best cookie. Mm, you see, we get things like Jaffa Cakes in the UK, so I have no idea what that is. Yeah, I actually get <laughs> what mine's called. No, I have no idea what that is. Yeah. Um, it's some kind of like chocolate, thin chocolate wafer that you crush up and use in ingredients and things. But that one is good for dipping in milk, and that is my favorite. You see, I you see, I don't get the dipping in milk thing. I don't get it at all. Why would you want to dip a biscuit? You want to dip a biscuit in a cup of tea, you know? Why would why would you want to dip a biscuit in milk? What's that all about? Um, I like it because it gets it. You know what's interesting about that? It's the cold that I like about it. So yeah. if the milk's really really cold, it tastes better for some reason. Yeah, you see, I just don't get that at all. <laughs> um, but that's just me living in the UK. You know, you want a nice like hobnob. Have you had the hobnobs? No. Yeah, you see, that's what you want. Now, that's a biscuit, you know what I mean? It's it's oaty, and it soaks up your tea. You see, you dip one of them in your tea, and half your tea's gone, because it's soaked up by the biscuit, you see. That's what you've got. To, that's what you want. Google Hobnobs. Like I've just typed that in, and I will Google that at my soonest convenience. <laughs> you should do. It's important stuff. Biscuits are the future, if you didn't know already. <laughs> But we are here to talk about games and, and, more importantly, your games. So do you want to tell us a little bit about Silver Dollar Games and how it all came about, you know, how you started to develop? And what was your inspiration uh, to become an indie game developer, which is one of the questions off GH Rocker, one of our listeners. That's what he wants to know. So do you want to go through that with us? Well, initially it started as Vector 2 Games, which is something I made up on my own. And I created a game for Dream Build Play 2007 under Vector 2 Games. And then uh, basically... I wanted to branch out with my brother, and to include him, we decided to start over again and just come up with a new name, so that's how it came about. How did the name come about, then? Where did that come from? I thought of the name initially because we were going to sell exclusively $1 games. There's also the the market and what indie games look like four years ago, or, or whenever it started. At that time, we just finished the game Blow that you've played before, and... A bunch of other games that seemed really exciting at that time were launched with indie games because it was all kind of the the coolest stuff that the Dream Build Play competition uh, brought forth. And then all these people entered their games as Dream Build Play competition, and then they said, okay, well, now what? They didn't win, or maybe we did, or whatever, but oh, we'll release it on indie games. And so indie games started off with a huge bang. But, you know, what are you going to do? Release a game every two years? So we said, well, we can't do that. Blow wasn't very successful. So we started making little or smaller games just to test genres, test our own programming, see what we can do. And that fit into the dollar price point that much more. And I think the company started when the indie games were allowed to go to $1. Because actually when it first started, it wasn't even – it was the minimum was 200 points, Microsoft points, which is weird. Yeah, I mean I remember that well because 
you know, a lot of the times we, because we've been sort of following the indie games since it, it was the community games and it very first started off. So we've exactly. been watching the indie games for a long time and we review an indie game every week on the show. And we've been doing that pretty much again for the last three years, really. I played a lot of indie games. But for me, I remember the beginning was, was stuff like the dishwasher. That was probably one of the most famous ones at the beginning. You know, which obviously made its way onto Xbox Live Arcade. But yeah, like you say, there wasn't there wasn't that dollar price point, and that was one of the things that we think held a lot of indie games back because obviously people weren't prepared to part with two hundred points for what they saw as a small game. So you Definitely. know, was, especially when there's games like Angry Birds selling you know ten million copies at Christmas for for one dollar, it's like, well, what am I going to buy? Two hundred point indie game made by a guy that doesn't know what he's doing, or Angry Birds that everyone loves, so it's a tough choice. Not that Angry Birds is on the Xbox, but everyone has a phone. <laughs> That's right, and on Android, it's free. You know, oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, you free go. to play on Android. <laughs> Can I ask you, is your background in game developing prior to starting with the indie games? Did you, do you come from that background? Was that what you did previously for a living? How did that come about? Well, I, I'm the coder, and I, I've been coding since high school. I'm 39 now, so in, in high school, I mean, computers were brand new. The very first computers I, I was using were Apple's, and probably in grade 9 or 10, the first PCs came about. So back then, I was using languages like Pascal and C++, things like that, but nothing super serious. There was no there was no tools back then to make games easily. I kind of branched off into all kinds of different things. I branched off into graphics. I did a lot of audio work for years, and then all of a sudden... XNA came out, and I thought I'd check it out, and it turned out to be an, an excellent tool, so I just kind of dusted off the old skills and started working again. So you, you weren't making a living from... In, were you in the game? There was no... Industry? Oh, there was no living. No, no. I've never made a living programming. I barely make one now. <laughs> yeah. It's always been a hobby. But there is one factor about making games, I feel, that we, we, we grew up making board games or, or games out of anything that we could all the time. We would go to our grandparents' place, and, and, and there wasn't anything to do there at all. And we would immediately find a way to make a game out of whatever there was there. I don't care. Like, it could have been sticks and stones, and we'd make a game out of it. And we've been doing that our whole lives. So, I mean, it's something you've always been interested in doing. Yeah, definitely. So, can I ask you, I mean, a lot of people now, I, want you to ta- I don't want you to take this the wrong way, okay? But a lot of people would say that you make shovel work. You know, on the whole. Okay. <laughs> oh. What would you say to those people then what, to defend what you're doing on the indie games? I did write a, a little blog post. I mean, there's no real... Don't say little. Blog post. But yeah, it was long. It was like 2,000 <laughs> words. But it, I, I believe it was called... Yeah, there it is. Silver Dollar Games defends Xbox Live indie games. And I, and I want to defend Xbox Live indie games as a whole. Because when you say... When some say that Silver Dollar Games make shovelware... If you really just look at indie games, there's a lot of games by hobbyists and people just learning, and, and, and some of them aren't you know, very high quality, but they're the best people can do. And it's hard because someone says, well, you should make the best product that you can every single time, and, but some games we just want to have fun with. And it, it appears that some people say that's not right. And you shouldn't be doing that. Look, I'll be honest with you. One of my co-hosts is one of those people. Well, it's interesting because then I did one last article before this Kung Fu game. It was called 
Xbox Live Indie Games and taking ownership of your own successes and failures. And that was a very important one because what's the harm in making a fun game? Well, some people can come up with a lot of uh, reasons why you shouldn't just make a little, not sorry, fun game, a joke or uh, something that you thought would be humorous, but maybe the rest of the world won't. The things that it, it could damage is it could give indie games a bad name. And therefore, customers don't come back. It could remove, by putting on your game, removes other games on the top, uh, sorry, the new release list, giving them less exposure. And I go in and talk about all the various things, but truthfully, Indie Games has never sold more, ever, with, you know, the mining games doing so, so successfully. I don't really see most arguments as... Um, valid. But I've addressed a lot of them in the article. I won't even get over them anyways. No, I don't disagree with you. I've got to ask you this question. No Luca No is a good example of a game that I, you know, I found amusing, but I wouldn't have paid 80 points for it. I'll be absolutely honest. You know, it's not a game I would would have parted with any money for, but for sort of the couple of minutes that I played it, I thought it was, you know, an interesting idea and quite a funny thing. How do, how do you come up with ideas like that? You know, because you've made a lot of games that are sort of quite zany to to say the least or quirky well one thing you have to remember is that we don't go out to design a game all the time to generate an income sometimes we think it's so funny to do this game whether it sells a single copy or not that's what makes it funny i mean one day i came up with no luca no just out of a real life experience and said wouldn't it be funny to make this game because in in the indie world you have that freedom to do that there's no other venue where you can just come up with a ridiculous idea, accept the fact you're going to lose all the money and time on it, and just do it anyways, because it's hilarious. It wouldn't be as funny if it made a bunch of money and it was a totally awesome game that everyone bought, because then it would you know, it would be a hardcore game that everyone's playing, and it, the math doesn't add up. For it to, sometimes for it to be a funny joke, it can't sell, and that's just the way it goes. I mean, how long does it, on average, take you to make one of those small games, then? Well, no, no, look and no probably took two solid days. So just to do that, sort of pushing the cat away, and the yeah. sound buys took, took two solid days of your time to make. That's interesting. Yeah. And we, would, we wouldn't spend any more time on that, because then it defeats the idea of having a, a joke of a game, right? You wouldn't spend six <laughs> Exactly. It's funny, too, because... <laughs> the joke no, would be on us. <laughs> no Luca No is, is interesting, because just the other day, someone did a video on it, and there's lots. If you type in No Luca No on YouTube, a lot of these videos come up, and it got like 300,000 hits which is weird because that's like more than everything we've ever done put together and it's just people going oh look at this game i can't believe it's just a cat but if we added a whole bunch made this comp and everyone's saying you know the cat doesn't move the cat doesn't do this well obviously of course the cat doesn't move what do you want me to make this full production for this cat take eating your cereal but that's that's what makes it funny do you not worry that sometimes though when you're making your dream build play entries you know and the, and the more credible games that people will just disregard them due to the fact that you're the developer of that game. Well, I'll start. I'll just start. I know John's got a lot of ideas on this, but I'll just start by saying that the misconception is that everyone thinks that. You see, the thing about the internet and bloggers and people like you do interviews and that, that represents an extremely small percentage of the total buying market. It's probably less than 1%, much less than 1%. Most people don't care who developed what. If you said who developed which Call of Duty, no one would have any idea. 99% of the people wouldn't know. But the people who blog and the people who have websites and things, they know, of course, because they have websites and they do blogs and stuff. But compared to the total buying market, I mean, 32 million users on, on Xbox Live, how many of those people have blogs? You know, 
There might be a few dozen that people care about. Out of all those millions of people, the rest of them, they just look at a game and decide, do I like this game or not? They don't go, so what other games? I don't know. Am I going to not play this super awesome game because they made this other one? Am I going to punish myself in that way? Probably not. There may be one or two, but to make any money at all on a $1 game, we got to talk about tens of thousands of sales anyways. So Yeah, well, there's actually, there's something interesting about that. First, will they play a super awesome game? Well, we have to make a super awesome game, and hopefully we will. And I, and I think we're really trying with this Kung Fu game, One Finger De- Death Punch is our latest game that, that we're working on. But if it's not super awesome, then they, have, they definitely shouldn't be playing it. But what's interesting about indie games, that I, I don't think the App Hub does this at all, but thankfully every game has a trial on indie games. So uh, I hope no one is really offended by... You know, I hope they don't purchase it by accident. And I heard a few people say that. I don't. I, you know, I guess they mis misclick some things, and they hopefully not. But thankfully, there's a trial, so I, I hope no one is just downloading the trial and getting angry because, it, and then buying it or something, or because it, it's it's free. So I hope that that's a good thing for them. Don't misunderstand me. You know, I, and I do know that you make some really good games because obviously I play them, and I, the the quirky ones I find amusing, but I wouldn't buy them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And I guess that's the difference. But obviously, from our points of view, you know, because obviously we follow the indie games quite closely, and we were quite aware of if uh, you know quite a lot of the developers on there, and you know the developers that make you know a certain style of game or another. But obviously, from my co-host's point of view, he sees Silver Dollar Games and just automatically thinks of your small niche games as opposed to the ones where you are trying to, you know, do something for the dream build play, etc. So that's the only reason I asked the question, really. Oh, for sure. And I think what's interesting about that is some people have mentioned various things on on Twitter and, and, and whatnot along those lines. But I said this one comment once saying... One Finger Death Punch, something like, uh, here's a new trailer for One Finger Death Punch, and I wrote, made slash funded slash kickstarted entirely by our smaller game. And one guy says, oh, that's okay then. It's almost like I have to justify our smaller games. But truthfully, that's actually what is happening right now. We're for the first time in a situation where we can make a game that we feel can be just fantastic. And you know what's interesting about our other Dream Build Play entries? They were never really there because it's like there's no time to work on it. We only have six months and we can't get a Dream Build Play entry done in six months and uh, we can barely pay our rent. We can't pay for artists and all these things are, are, are compounding and not one Dream Build Play entry that we've done has really been what our finished product in our mind was. But I feel that One Finger Death Punch might be able to get there because we have just a little bit of money we've generated from all these games to help pay our rent. And I, and I think that's great because it is like our Kickstarter project. When you look at that thing that I wrote, uh, Silver Art Games Defense, Xbox Live Indie Games, we explained where, where we all started. But that's exactly where it started. We made Blazing Birds and put it on Xbox Live Arcade because it won the first Dream Build Play with James Silva. And his his game, I guess, is, is cooler because it's zombies and stuff, and we had badminton. But it just didn't sell very well because it's, it's robot badminton. And then we made Blow, and that game didn't sell very well, and that's it. We were, we're That was it. We're at the end, end of the road. We cannot make another game. It w- we could, but it would take five years to do the smallest thing because we're both working jobs and everyone's doing, part- and everyone's doing things part-time. But we've just found a way to make games on our own time so we did it and that's why some of those smaller games exist because we were able to generate enough income to to stay afloat let's not forget an important point though too 
extremely important point is that those model games sell. In fact, like, like some, no, of them. some no, don't. Some don't, but but I'm talking about in comparison to the bigger games that you think should sell, like Ranger. Mm-hmm. Why why does No Luke and No sell more copies than Ranger? It's baffling, but it game. does, and the numbers don't lie. As much as you, as much as people say, I, I don't, I hate that game. It's terrible. But if it's so terrible, who's someone's buying it? More than a game that took more than six months to make is yeah. being sold by a game that took two days to make. So and the thing is, at the end of the day, you, you have numbers to deal with, and those are the numbers. If that's what the world's asking for, then you can put your heart, heart and soul into a game, but you have to sort of keep the company alive at the same time as well. No, I don't disagree with you because, I mean, one of my favourite games on Needing the Games is, is Techno Kitten Adventures. And I think that's part of it because it's that uniqueness and that just zaniness, you know, and people are, like, drawn to that, aren't they? Because it's something different than all the zombie killing clones and, you know, all the other stuff. Because when we look at the indie games, we're always looking for that unique game or that's, that's something doing something different to, to all the others out there. So I guess that's, that's kind of true. Now... We do feature one of your games quite heavily on our show quite often. Okay. So I'm going to tell you why, because we do, we do have a feature on the show uh, where listeners send in their confessions. Okay. And, <laughs> and, and we've had some crazy confessions, it's fair to say, involving all sorts of crazy. One was a guy who was having sex with his girlfriend for the first time uh, while his mate was playing video games next door, but he didn't tell her that. He was there, so we've, we've had some crazy <laughs> confessions. Uh, but often, as, as part of gaining forgiveness, uh, we tell them to play A Killer's Dream. That, <laughs> that, that, is the, that is to serve their penance. So I've got to ask you, where did the inspiration for, for A Killer's Dream come from? Uh, I think I came up with that. Uh, yeah, yeah that was your uh, idea. I was out, uh, this, this is where we're still working in our jobs, and... I believe. And I just wanted to do a scary game. You, you know what's really difficult about something horror-like is how do you do something, let's say like something like Slasher. You can't do anything violent because you can't draw. Like, we can't draw, so we can't draw people. Slashing blobs isn't, isn't violent, and we can't draw anything. So, like, how do we come up with an idea that's some kind of horror thing that we can do without drawing or animations? Or graphics for that because we don't even have any graphics, and so we, so I came up with that I- idea, some kind of scary game, scary or not. Now obviously you were using it because it's not scary, uh, <laughs> pretty in, much in your show, but but it's it's our best attempt at, at something without any resources whatsoever. So let's let's move on. What's what's the game you're most proud of and why? For me at this point is probably not including our current game because our current game would definitely be it. That one's probably the the definitely the largest game we've ever made. But before that, not including that one since it isn't complete, I, I would say Ranger. I loved I love doing Ranger. It's probably my favorite yeah. one. When you put months and months into a game and when you're done you still want to play it, that's that's a good sign. Like usually it de- depending on the game you work on it for months and months, and at the end, you, that's the last thing you want to see. But this game, I go back and I play this game from time to time. So, yeah, it's it's a game that I have the most fun playing, probably because it's the most complex in its combat system, and that complexity makes it fun for me. Well, what I'm going to do, you know, the ones that you because obviously, you know, my co-host is very sort of 
feels that you know very negative about you as a company i guess so what i'm gonna do over the next few weeks i'm gonna i'm gonna put your more dream build play games into our indie feature you know in the next uh, coming weeks on and off and and we'll see if we can turn him around you know we'll see if we can change his mind so I wouldn't try too hard, <laughs> you, but that's, that's a nice gesture. Look, we'll see. You never know. You never know. He, he is quite fixed in his opinions, but you never know. He might be able to change them. What do you think is missing from the indie game marketplace, then, as it stands? Other than visibility? It's hard to say. You see, that's improved, though, because they put it on the front now, it haven't they? It's improved. And you know what's yeah. interesting about visibility? I was talking to some other Xbox magazine earlier, and this was when... Indie games was still under game type, and there's that game game type that the, uh, that guy made to as a joke about why is indie games under game type. Um, but everything still was selling fantastic, like uh, and, uh, not the smaller games, but they never did sell. All those games that aren't on on the top download did never sold anyways. But the ones that were sold like ninety thousand units per month at three dollars and record breaking sales for all these people. Um, and then when the when the sales when sorry when indie games was moved out of game type onto the front where Xbox uh, Live Arcade is right next door nothing changed and I I didn't really understand that I I kept wanting to blame where it was positioned but I have suspicions that it's not that visibility was ever really an issue everyone kind of knew where it was anyways mm. that's just my thought on that so I think that you have. An element of people like us who know where it is, and we go and look and see what the new releases are each week. And and there'll be a lot of people like us who do that. And then there'll be the people. I talk to people regularly, you know, and say, you know, have you played any indie games lately? And some, and even now, I still get some people saying, where are they? What what are the indie games? <laughs> you know, who who play their Xbox regularly but have no idea. And a lot of people have a setup where as soon as you turn the Xbox on, it just starts the game that's in there. So they, they very true. rarely even go to the dashboard, let alone go and have a look what's in the game marketplace. Unless there's something there that they've heard about or want to go and look for, they just don't. And I think that's probably... You, you're still going to get that core audience who are interested in the indie games. You know, we try and get the message out there, you know, and, yeah, and try and, and get more people interested in that. And I think there is a, a large group of people that are very interested because, like I was saying, those all the stuff on, on the top downloads is just selling, you know, great just never better, I think. We can go and um, look on the uh, App Hub forums, and there's a little place where you post your sales. And every so often, someone posts sales from one of the top-selling ones. And normally they don't. Maybe it's because they're busy with with making more games or something. But when you see those sales recently, it's, it's never been better. It's never. No, we, we don't have any games selling right now at all. But uh, a lot of other people, very, very successful. What's the best response you've ever gotten for a game that you've made, then? Wow. Sifting through all the responses here. <laughs> the funny thing is though interesting, have, you, have you had anyone contact you and well, sort yeah of actually that's the interesting thing about it or... we've, we've had positive responses on nearly every game we've made that's the thing that but we don't really we don't relay that out to the public people that's kind of something people don't see but we get direct emails from time to time for really odd games games that you know, maybe didn't sell well, or or people just hate it a lot, and and all of a sudden this person says, you know, this is this is the, this is a fantastic game. We love it. You know, don't be nervous talking to girls. Lots of positive feedback from that. Privately, exactly. Publicly, a lot of negative. You know, <laughs> people don't Actually, want, don't want to admit to it. Um, this is this is something really interesting. Don't be nervous talking to girls. This guy 
discovers the game, thinks it's it's terrible, calls it the worst game ever made, makes a four-part video on YouTube, which is, in total, an hour long. Plays the game for an hour. And I find that's very interesting, because if it's that bad, you shouldn't be spending a full hour, maybe 20 minutes. <laughs> that is, that is quite funny. But Pete, there are people out there who do that just to go on YouTube and yeah. tell well, people it got, about it. It got a lot of hits, too, which is, which is what he does. But that's good for you, though, surely. Because he gets, oh, it is. It, it yeah. is. It's... Because it's 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 a completely stupid game. You know, he's saying this is this is funny. You know, when people play some of these games, let's say you play one of the games that we have some girl just talking to you on on some screen, just bantering at you, and then you're and and then some people in these videos will say, well, oh, this is the stupidest response I've ever heard, and they say, well. Uh, of course it's a super response you've ever heard. It's not an actual simulator. <laughs> now, now you've come on to a subject that I want to sort of touch on. So, obviously you've got women in your games, and obviously who's the daddy? You've got, obviously, film uh, footage of women. Are, are these women that you know, I assume? or uh, Well, our sister is in a lot of them. Because she's our sister, and who else can we use? <laughs> I was going to say, because how did you... Oh, I've got this idea, right? Basically, what you've got to do is sit there, <laughs> right, and pretend you don't know who the dad to your kid is, right? And then they've got to pick a load of pictures and decide who it is. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Cassie's Corner, our, our sister's Cassie, so she's in Cassie's Corner. And Cassie's Animal Sounds, which is... I thought that that game... I, you know, that game never gets enough credit. It's the worst game ever made, and yet people know one says it is. They say no. Luca knows the worst game. Always looking. No, no, no. Cassie's Corner. You know, sorry, sorry. Cassie's Animal Sounds was supposed to be the worst game ever made, and no one, no one got it. But um, yeah, so she's in a lot of them. But who's who's the daddy? Who's the daddy too? All of those. In fact, we have a section on, on our website. You'll see Twitch Premium Horror WTF Humble Beginnings and Girls. Yes, I have so, seen. <laughs> so all the ones in girls, uh, they're just people you you find to help out, or 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 you go to Craigslist and say, hey. You, you know, can you do, can you be in this game or something? So, do you know do you know all the women on the cover art for the games, or are those just stock photos that you use? Uh, some of them are in the game, but some of them, are, yeah, stock photos and, and various things. Again, we can't draw anything because we have no artistic skill drawing. So we're just like, what do we do? I don't know. Use a stock photo. Some people really get offended by the stock photo thing. <laughs> so uh, we know that it enrages a lot of people when we use stock photos. I don't know why. Uh, I guess because it's like, how how dare you? It seems very cheap. Uh, and that's exactly it. You have no money. <laughs> it is very cheap. Inexpensive is a better word to use. <laughs> yeah, inexpensive. <laughs> so what's, what's your favorite thing about making games then? Well, it's the creativity, which we get so often punished for. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's interesting? Creativity. I thought that Game 35, The Experiment, is such a great game. And yet it made, unfortunately, some people really angry. And again, this is the whole thing about the trial. I hope I hope they don't buy it because they feel they have to. But, but the Game 35, The Experiment, was the impossible game is a really great selling game. And Dave came up with this idea to make the possible game. Where it's 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 easy no matter what you do you can't lose and then that came that developed into game thirty five where it looks like the impossible game and you have this little block jumping over stuff and it, it seems hard but I'll give it away if you just press to the right and the game will say trust me and you will live if you just press to the right you'll survive all the difficult tasks that are there but if you try and jump like your instinct is to jump. Then you'll do the you'll pass the first few stages, but eventually you will lose no matter what. So you have to trust the game and just hold right. 
And, it's, and it was an experiment. I've had some buddies play the game, and some get it, and some never did. They're like, I can't, I can't beat this game. It's, it's, it's impossible. And some, some got it. And that was the experiment, but it made a lot of people really angry. Well, you see, gamers are a fickle bunch, aren't they? And they don't, they don't like to be cheated. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, gamers don't like to lose. You, I mean, you should know this, yeah. <laughs> and that's why, and that's why we do it because it's fun and interesting. If you if you had to tell the listeners two games that that you've developed that they should play that represents you as a game developer, which would they be and why? Well, as a developer, we like to do weird things that are funny. So it would be this the game that we just did because we thought it was totally stupid, and one one finger death punch because it's going to be our greatest achievement hopefully so i would say why did i buy this and one finger death punch and i love to see them side by side a game called why did i buy this and one finger death punch and say that's us yeah how is it possible that one developer made both those games that's what's awesome about it because breaking the rules is so much fun <laughs> yeah so they're the sort of the two extremes of you, it I guess, is. the yin yeah. and yang. Yeah. The two extremes. Because we like, like, like an old buddy, my always used to say, we like to work hard and have fun too. Actually, speaking of an extreme, I, I just want to mention a game idea that we'll never do, but uh, I, wish, I wish we could, is you had this guy in a room, and he can jump, do all these actions, and he's stuck in this room, and the player thinks he has to do something to get out of the room, and he's moving blocks, jumping on the couch, trying to get out here, trying to get out the window... But the truth is, the only way to get out of the room is to sit still for five minutes, and then the door will open. We love doing things like that, where it goes against what the gamer thinks he has to do completely. But he's, he's like, well, <laughs> I, yeah, I completely understand that because it's not only against what the gamer thinks he has to do, but it's against how you know exactly. we as, we as gamers have been programmed for the last twenty years. You know, yeah, we love stuff like that. But there's like a, like we were saying earlier, there's, there's little room for that. On the internet, at least. <laughs> so, obviously, we've talked a lot about, obviously, your games and, you know, how you came about to develop them and, and all those sorts of things. But what are your favorite games to kick back and play when you're not developing, then? So, what sort of games are you into? Oh, man. I would love to know what games Dave's into. I would love I to always have... want to play a game with Dave, but he never I know. I would, love, I would love to have time to play games. But my latest game is SSX. Okay, my yeah. My latest one. Really? Huh. <laughs> well, I'm finding out more about your brother than you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, SSX was one of my favorite games on the on the PlayStation. It, this game's just fantastic. It's like a sports game for people who don't play sports games. Definitely is. Now, now it's interesting you should say that because I I really don't play sports games. Everyone in the UK is playing FIFA, and I'm just don't get it. You know, <laughs> I don't do football, so it's sort of to me it's just like I don't know, I don't I don't get it. But SSX, I played the demo for that. I haven't bought the game, but I have put it on my rental list. Uh, and I enjoyed it because I didn't feel like I had to struggle too hard to work out what I was going to do. It's not too complicated, you know. And I find with a lot of sports games, it feels really complicated. But with that, so I'm with you there. I think that was a really good game. Uh, so what about you, John? What are, What's your sort of favorite um, game? I play so many games. I played over almost 2,000 hours of Supreme Commander 2. So you're uh, a PC gamer then? Uh, I am nowadays more, and um, I'm playing a lot of Magic online, and 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 I did Magic uh, Duel of of the Planeswalker 2012, and the other one. But I'm I'm doing that on Steam as well. I'm a huge fan of Steam. And earlier, so you were talking about how you, how you can't sell your games, or, or 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 people one day might systems in the future might not allow you to play use games and things like that. But you know, Steam 
man, they give you such awesome sales. It is great. Like I got Left 4 Dead 1 and 2 for like 10 bucks. Oh, man, what a great game. Yeah, I think Steam is really the reason why I'm a PC gamer right now. And I wasn't for for the first two, three years that the Xbox 360 came out. I was console. But uh, Steam really changed changed my my outlook on that. I mean, I mean, it's interesting because I'm the opposite. I was a very much a PC gamer until the 360 came out. But then I just couldn't be bothered continually upgrading my PC. So I got to a stage where I was just like, I can't be bothered throwing any more money at it. So I just went over to a console where I don't even have to worry about any of that stuff. Just stick a disc in and it plays the game. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. Also, which is why I was a a console gamer a few years ago. But the Xbox does a really great job of connecting your friends online with their headsets. But I find Skype is just so clear. It's just so crystal clear. that It's, it's, it's such a pleasure to have an online chat while you're playing a game on Skype over the Xbox. And I have PS3 as well. And I found it so difficult to connect to friends there that I really don't use my PS3 for online gaming at all. Just because yeah, it's very I'm- difficult. Yeah, PS3, I mean, I mean, I don't know whether you're aware of this, but they actually did come out and say that it's, it's hardwired that way, so there's no way to set up group chats or anything like that. It's just not a possibility as, as the console Yeah, it's, okay, I didn't know that. That's, yeah. No wonder I fought so hard and gave up. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they actually came out and said, you know, in the end, because he kept, um, you know, the players sort of hanging, saying, oh, yeah, you know, it may come in an update. It may be if you've got, you know, PSM Plus or whatever it is. Uh, but in the end, they actually came out and admitted that it's the way that the RAM works in the, in the system and it all goes to the game and there's no way to support anything else whilst it's doing that. So you can't have group chat. It's just not possible. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that's about it, really. Uh, so do you want to just tell people where to find you, if they want to contact you, send you emails? Uh, and what what's your next game coming up and when's it going to be available? www.silverdollargames.com you can get my email and you'll get John as well through there. As far as One Finger Death Punch, we don't know when it's going to be released. When it's done, we're thinking early fall at this point. Right, so quite a long way to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, what we're doing with this game is is we're having a lot of, trying to get a lot of exposure on it. So we're going to keep putting videos out as we go, kind of like a developer diary kind of thing. So even though we're putting videos out, it kind of doesn't really mean that it's close to being done just means it's kind of work in progress. We're aiming for September. I mean, we can't we can't hold it off forever, but <laughs> Well, I've well, got to say it looks to be shaping up pretty good already. We, we will have a quote-unquote finished version for Dreamville Play, but after that we'll be adding more content for the final release. And Dreamville Play is like June something, I think. June Sometime 15th. in June. Yeah, June 15th. So, we're thinking maybe a month or so after that of more content additions and then It'll be released. Well, I'll be keeping my fingers crossed that you know you're getting those finals uh, this time, and um, uh, maybe Thank win. You. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I hope so. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, it's sending this little link right here. Oops, because this I realize what like represents us. This isn't it, it isn't even a game. It's just a video we did. That's a joke. It's called Xbox 360 on the go. And oh, yeah. if you want, if you want to see like <laughs> our kind of humor, it, it can be seen in our games. But it's, it's seen in that video. 
uh, quite nicely. Xbox 360 on the go is just a YouTube video we, we made, just making fun of the idea of apps on the Xbox. Well, don't worry, I'll put that up in the show notes as well. So I'll put a link oh. to your latest video, <laughs> and I, I will also put that in the show notes, uh, and then people awesome. can have a click on it if they want to. Well, thanks ever so much for, for joining us and, and talking us through your company and what you're all about, and it's been really cool having you on. Thank you. Great. Thanks a lot.